0: To Making Love with your host, Colette Milan. All of us want to be loved. In this show, we'll explore how lovemaking really does make more love in your relationship and how essential real love is to good sex. Tune in for advice on how to become a better lover and how to love sex more. Here is Colette Milan. Hello. Welcome
1: to Making Love Radio. I'm Colette Milan, and I'll be your host. I'm here today with my amazing executive assistant, Kimberly, and without her, I would not be able to do this show. A little about me, I'm a psychotherapist, marriage counselor, and certified sex therapist. But the most important credential I have is that I've been married for 38 years, and I've experienced firsthand the many challenges that bombard and wear down intimate connection. I've learned how to work through those challenges, how to really unconditionally love, and how to make more love in my relationship through the skills of delicious lovemaking. In this show, I'll explore with you how you can have true love and great sex. In these shows, you will learn how to really love, how to be a better lover, and how to enjoy sex more. You'll see how lovemaking really does make more love in a relationship and how essential real love is to great sex. In the last few shows, we talked about low sexual desire, particularly in women, and how hard it is for men when their female partner has low sex drive men typically have 10 to 100 times more testosterone than women which gives them the strong consistent urgent sex drive that most women don't have but what about when the male in the relationship has lower sex drive what does a woman do when the man she loves has lost his sexual desire today I'm going to interview a woman who found herself in this situation. Julie, welcome to the show, and thank you for, for coming on. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. Yes. Julie, you said that before you got married, you and your husband were both extremely attracted to each other. In fact, you said that he couldn't keep his hands off of you. He showed no signs of low sexual desire at that time. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and what was it like? What was he like then? Tell me a little bit more about that. Um, Well, you know, we were both trying to save
2: ourselves for marriage, and so Mm -hmm. um, the passion was definitely there. We were trying to, you know, do everything but have sex, you know, because with our culture and our religious background, we wanted to um, have that moment be special. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: so, um, yeah, we were super infatuated with each other, and then...
1: Um, When we got married, I just felt like there was a switch that had gone off. Yes. It felt like a switch turned off in your husband. Yeah, in my um, my husband. Yeah. So, um, and that was right after you got married. Is that right? Yes, yes. Okay. How long have you and your husband been married? We will have been married 11 years this month. Okay. And so you have a really good investment into your relationship. Yeah. How yeah, how sure. old were? Yes. How old were you and your husband when you got married? I was 23 and he was 25. Okay. So you just mentioned that the two of you were raised in a religion that strongly stressed that you save your sexuality until you're married. So the two and- of you did not have sexual intercourse until after you were married, and right. um, how long did you date before you were married?
2: We dated for three years, and then our engagement was six months, so three
1: and a half years. Before. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, you guys are amazing. Um, how was that for you, you know, loving each other so much and waiting for three and a half years before being sexual?
2: It was hard, and I got a lot of, um, I guess, flack from others who didn't understand our goals,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
2: Um, but it was important to both of us. But there was definitely moments where we found ourselves getting too close And we had to kind of remove ourselves from the situation and, you know, get help um, from friends or family members just to kind of support us that way of, you know, let's not ever be alone
1: too long because this is our goal and we want to, this is what we want, so... Yeah, wow, I really admire the two of you. Also, as a sex therapist, and as a sex therapist here in Utah, where there are a lot of people that are religious and they are saving their sexuality, I've noticed a dynamic that happens, and that is that... You you get really aroused before you're married, and it's really hard to hold back. And and so a lot of people just work really hard at turning off. And then what I found is that sometimes, in in fact, kind of often, those people that have turned off to save their sexuality, when they get married and the green light is on, it's kind of hard to turn back on. And I'm wondering if that was a piece of what happened, you know, mm-hmm. to you and your husband. Um, so what was your wedding night like? Um, so my husband,
2: is he's just so amazing and thoughtful and put a lot of effort into planning things to surprise me. And for our wedding night, he had reserved a um, special hotel room that was like a themed hotel room for um, you know, wed or just, you know, anniversary occasions and he had his sister go and decorate their room with rose petals and candles and it was decorated like a princess suite and it just was beautiful and, um, sparkling cider waiting there and so it just seemed like it was just a perfect setup. Um, yeah, so, you know, we got undressed out of our wedding clothes and, you know, just kind of started that trust with each other and, it was, you know, kind of feeling very vulnerable, but, mm-hmm. you know, we finally had intercourse and then he, like, fell asleep and I was, like, wide awake all night, like, was that it? I was kind of hearing from my friends that you're just kind of, like, do it all night. You've been waiting your whole life for this and kind of, like, okay, <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of a
1: letdown, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And Julie, I just love how you are so transparent. Thank you so much because I think, oh, there are people listening that can really relate to this. And, uh, and so, you know, you were so excited looking forward to this time. And maybe you know on the wedding night you were going well you know maybe he's just tired, so you yeah. were looking forward to your honeymoon and you went to Cancun I think you said, for yeah, yeah. seven days for your honeymoon yeah. and how was yeah. your honeymoon?
2: So um, we had a, an amazing hotel room like a special suite and just right on the beach and it was really just one of those dream honeymoons and um, we had lots of fun but I was kind of more expecting that we would be in our hotel room quite a bit and just, you know, experiencing each other and getting to know each other sexually and, um, having lots of sex. Honestly, I I had heard from friends saying, you know, on their honeymoons they could barely walk after because Mm -hmm. it was just all day and all night of lovemaking, you know, and that just sounded Mm -hmm. so romantic to me, just to be with each other and just make love all the time. And so, um it got to where I was the one like asking, like, do you want to, or, you know, I'm going to make a bath. Do you want to get in the bath with me? Or I have all this lingerie. Do you want to pick something out? Or, Oh no, I'm tired. Or yeah, I don't know. It, I kind of, it kind of hurts. I feel a little sore. Um, you know, that, that's, that's just go down to the pool and no, I, let's I don't want to, let's just, you know, watch a movie and, um, I would start, you know, initiating or touching and he'd kind of push me away like, I'm not really feeling it. So, Mm. I was really hard to feel that way of like, well, maybe is there are you not attracted to me? And he would say no, no, like, you know, not at all. Like, I am so in love with you. I just don't I just, I don't feel it right now. I'm not in the mood. Wow.
1: Yeah. That was really different than what you expected. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So, it, it sounds like even from the beginning it was mostly you who initiated. Is that right? Yeah. And, and and sometimes he like you said he turned you down and um and I think you were saying he was tired and mm-hmm. things like that. Um so um you you know it was months and months that you were kind of the main person initiating. And yeah, then I think it was a good time for uh-huh. he did but majority of it was
2: me and it kind of continued on after we got home from our honeymoon.
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so that was surprising for you that he was, you know, kind of holding back on your honeymoon, and then it continued when you got home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, you were again with the main person initiating, and then after months of that you just didn't feel comfortable initiating anymore and you stopped initiating. And when you did that, was your husband more motivated to initiate with you? Um,
2: Not at first until we, you know, started talking more because I was starting to feel resentful and um, it affected my self-confidence and um, how like it affected our relationship, you know, and yeah. I, we're still, you know, trying to learn how to be with each other just as a married couple, but also to trust each other sexually. And so I, I felt, you know, like, well, what, there's something wrong with me, you know, or yeah. I just, I hear it so differently from, from everywhere, everywhere. I don't know if it's from my friends or just, you know, in the media, but you just assume or are taught that it's just the man that they just, that's what they're thinking about all the time, every day, constantly. And they just, why would he not just want to come home right away and just jump on top of me and rip my clothes off and take me to the bedroom? So yeah. I got to where, you know, he would turn me down so many times. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to,
1: it's on you now. Whenever you are up for it, then I'll be ready. Yes. And so... um, Because he rarely initiated with you. If he did come on to you, I think you said that you would always say yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if you weren't in the mood, because you didn't know when the next time would come again. Is that right? right? Yeah. So when... You know, when this continued to go on, you know, it was so different than what you expected, and and I know that you started, you know, wondering if there was something wrong with you. And what were some of the other things that you were kind of wondering about might be going on?
2: Um, Well, you know, as the years had gone by, I, you know, we had children, and I'm like, you know, my body is not the same. I'm thinking, you know, there's just. The attraction isn't there. Um, you know, it's got to be that. And he would continually reassure me, like, no, I just, it's not you. I love you and I'm attracted to you. I think you're so sexy. I love your body. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm just really stressed. Or, you know, we would talk to doctors or, you know, you have sleep apnea. That can definitely affect it. Or you have anxiety. You're taking depression medication. That can affect things. But just even these last few years, I was just like, you know what, like, I am, this is so crazy that it's been this long. And I got to where it was like even a month or so had gone by before we would have intercourse. And I'm like, okay, you tell me right now, like, you're, you have an addiction, you're you're addicted to porn, you like, there's something on the side, like, what is it? Or, you know, what's Mm -hmm. going on? And, um, I... I was just, like, so fed up to where I'm like, you know, this is really bad and it's really affecting our marriage and I don't want this to happen and, you know, we need help. You know, we need to find some help. And so um, we were looking into some therapists and getting help that way, but he had confided in a friend who happened to, um, he's a nurse and he works in a hormone clinic that spe- specifically deals with men and their testosterone levels and different medical issues that way, because we know in the past that he had possibly had some low testosterone when we were trying to have babies, but, you know, we had heard mixed reviews about that and affecting, you know, having a baby. So we really were kind of lost on what to do next, but I was getting to the point where I was worried what was going to happen with us in the future.
1: Yes. And, um, so you you just brought up the fact that you started, well, Well, you just mentioned that you were wondering if maybe he was doing something on the side, (laughs) you know, like watching porn, masturbating, and and that's kind of a, a typical thing a woman would wonder about, and a lot of times it really, that really is going on. I actually have had many clients, you know, couples that have come in where, you know, the woman is beautiful, and she's really sexy, but the man... It just doesn't have much sexual desire, and they aren't making love very often, you know. And she's going, what's wrong yeah. with me? And then she finds out later that he is watching porn almost daily and masturbating, and that that's where his outlet is going. So I can mm-hmm. see why you'd be wondering that. Yeah. So, um, that
2: was so the case with him. So, that was where I'm like, well, what is it? I just really felt so lost. Like, if you're not addicted, then it's got to be me. Like, I was convinced that it was me, that I had not been attractive
1: anymore to him. Yes. So, you, um, you said that when I did the pre-interview with you, you said that when you and your husband would have sex, it would often be really great. And that yeah. he, yeah, and that he would go, why don't we do this more often, you know? Uh-huh. And so um, so how often would you have liked to have had sex?
2: I got to where I would say to him, like, if we could even just do it once a week, like, I feel like I could be happy and not be feeling Like, I'm complaining or bugging you about this problem, Mm -hmm. you know. I feel like there was the only thing that we really um, had fights about was our sex life. Yeah. (laughs) Because I also felt felt confused. Like, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm the one. Like, am I expecting too much? Like, I don't know much about sex. I don't really know what is right and wrong. I just Mm -hmm. know what I hear from my friends. and. (laughs) <laughs> They're always complaining. They just want their husbands to leave them alone for one night. I'm my like, gosh. I don't <laughs> even know what that feels like.
1: Exactly. So, um, so we're going to come back. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, and I just love having you on the show, Julie. And... Um, So um, to the listeners, we're going to take a break break right now, but stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to come back with Julie and talk more about what it's like to be in a marriage with a man that you really love and he loves you, but he's struggling with low sexual desire. We'll be right back.
0: us on twitter at voice get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice America trn what makes a great leader most have a
1: vision one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point
0: into developing a solid plan organization and company
3: Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out.
4: You are listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Making at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan. Today, we're talking about low sexual desire in men. And I'm interviewing Julie, who is married to a man that she loves. She's been married for 11 years, but they are struggling with her husband having low sexual desire. Um, So, Julie, Um, I I asked you just before the break how often you would like to have sex, and you said, well, I told my husband I'd be okay with once a week. But if you had your birthday wish, (laughs) how often would you have sex if you could? Um, Yeah, I would probably love it three to four times a week. Mhm. Okay. So you're a really healthy girl and it's I really am excited to be talking to somebody that has great sex drive. Um so how often in reality would you and your husband actually have sex? Maybe twice a month. Okay. Yeah. And how long was the longest that it would go that you know when um, you would not have sex? About a month to a month and a half. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I want to ask you more about that, what that was like, but I do want to jump right now to something else, which is that you said that... uh, just recently, your husband did some hormone testing, and I just realized before uh, I go to this, I just want to mention something that you said. You said that the last year, just this last year, has been especially hard for you too. That your yeah. husband has started to experience a lot of anxiety, and he hasn't. He's had some problems with keeping erections. And yeah. that he, yeah, that he was worried about pleasing you. Um yeah. And, yeah. and I just want to, I, I just want the audience to kind of know that. And I, do, I also want to ask you, so you've been married 11 years. So how old is he now? And how old are you? I am 34 and he is 36. Okay, 34 and 36. So you said um, that... Your, I think you said your husband had a friend that was in the field of hormones. Uh, and yeah. I, th- I think that your husband actually kind of recently did some hormone testing. Is that right? Yeah, he did. Because, you know, besides all
2: the other problems we were having, the erectile was kind of a new thing. To mm-hmm. where it was kind of like, okay, this is kind of a little bit scary now to where obviously something medically is really going wrong because mm-hmm. he felt like okay I don't know what's happening like I, I want this so bad and I'm looking at you and your body and I want to do this and I physically am not able to now
1: oh so. that would be so hard and sometimes when a man is having erectile problems it's you men get really anxious and they start thinking am i going to be able to have an erection and so it, it you know they develop this performance anxiety and then there's a sense of failure so they want to avoid sex so it just really yeah. contributes to the man's low sexual desire so yeah. he did some hormone testing and yeah. what did he find out he
2: found out that he had Almost no testosterone, and he was actually having high amounts of estrogen, and he even started feeling very sensitive on his nipples and pec Mm -hmm. area, Mm -hmm. kind of like a female does during their cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was totally almost feeling like he was turning into a woman. (laughs)
1: yeah oh my gosh and you know I've had several male clients come in that had low sexual desire and when they did testing they found out they were high in estrogen In fact, some of the men were actually having their breasts kind of start growing, you know, and you were talking about your husband's sensitivity, you know, to his Mm -hmm. nipples. And so um, that can happen. And again, low uh, estrogen, increased estrogen can reduce sexual desire. And um, did, I think you mentioned, but I'm not sure, did, did they test for sex hormone binding globulin? You know, I have not
2: been able to get a hold of his actual results. I'm not mm. quite sure if they tested for that or not. So, okay. yeah, I well, hope I'm hopefully.
1: Yeah, because that is um, something that binds to testosterone and makes it unusable in the body. So you can have. Uh, you know, you can actually have the adequate amounts of testosterone, but it can be bound up, so that it's not usable. So I'm just okay. wondering about that. You might, you know, yeah, ask about that if if you if if he hasn't been tested for that. I think it would be good if you could have him tested for that, so you can see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, you sometimes men have adequate amounts of total testosterone, mm-hmm. but it can't be used by the body because it's being yeah. bound up by sex hormone mm-hmm. binding globulin.
2: His friend yeah. that did the testing for him had a similar situation, which I was kind of mm-hmm. relieved to find out mm-hmm. that he understood where he was coming from because he was in the same position with his wife, where his wife was <sighs> accusing him of the cheating and was like, there's mm-hmm. something like you're cheating on me. And he tested himself
1: and sure enough, he was also low. Oh, so, and that would help your husband not to be so, you know, feel like he's defective, odd. you mm-hmm. know, because that's really, really hard for a man. So mm-hmm. um what what happened from there? Did this uh person, this medical person, did he prescribe hormones or something for your husband?
2: Yeah, so they're watching him pretty closely, keeping track of his levels right now, but they gave him some estrogen blockers mm. and they've been doing some testosterone injections. Um they've been they have to kind of test or do the right amount for him specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like a you know, one-fits-all type thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. They have to, like, watch him closely and make sure they're giving him just the right amounts. So do you think that's helped? Oh, it's, like, it's helped immensely.
2: Um, I wouldn't say that we're all better, but Mm -hmm. I noticed a difference right away, and he did, too. And we've definitely, I didn't realize how much having sex more really affects our
1: marriage in other areas Mm mm-hmm that is so true so um, now I want to bring on Jeff Pollock who is a physician assistant specializing in bioidentical hormone therapy Jeff's practice is at Genesis Medical Institute where he has been working for about 10 years and he's also been working with the Utah Wellness Institute for approximately 10 years Jeff has tremendously helped many of my clients who have had sexual problems and he's helped them to improve their sexual functioning. He has also personally helped me with my hormones so that I'm able to have more optimal functioning in my life. So I'm a big fan of Jeff. So Jeff, today I want to ask you some questions about low sexual desire and erectile dysfunction in men. So, Jeff, are you here? Mm-hmm. I'm
3: here, so, yes.
1: Oh, all right. So, Jeff, I want to ask you, what hormones do you test in men who present with low sexual desire and and or erectile dysfunction?
3: Okay, the, two of the big ones... Um, of course, one is testosterone, that's it's super important, but estrogen is also, and, and a comment on estrogen, what you'll find is, yes, too high of estrogen, especially when it's imbalanced with testosterone or out of balance with it, uh, will cause a low sexual de- desire, but also too little will. So it's really important to make sure that they're getting the right amount uh, and that they're balanced together. But another thing is you'll find that if other hormones are off, uh, that can also cause a problem. Every hormone in your body works together, some more so than others. And so if you're just looking at one or two items, sometimes you're missing part of the picture. Um, another thing that we look at is adrenals, um, cortisol, adrenaline, DHEA. If these things are, are, are elevated or out of balance, you're going to find that ha- that has a direct impact both on libido and uh, uh, erectile dysfunction. So those are the things that we typically test. So a lot. We test everything.
1: Mm, And I think that's true. I know that's true. Because I know with my clients that you've tested, I get their test results back. And you're testing all kinds of things. Um, You know, thyroid and even, I think, cholesterol and... uh, blood glucose things like that Um, so I really love the way that you are so thorough Um, so um, what do you typically find to be impacting men who have low sexual desire or erectile dysfunction and maybe that's a you know a reiteration of the question are there some things that you typically find are going on um, with men that present with low sexual desire
3: yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that can impact that, as as I'm sure you're well aware. Um, you know, we're going to look at the hormones first, and we're going to look at testosterone and estrogen, like I mentioned, because those two probably have the biggest impact. But mm-hmm. if that person's under a lot of stress, there's a lot going on in their life, uh, some of the big major stressful events are, are occurring, um, what you're going to find is you're going to produce things like adrenaline. Adrenaline is a fight-or-flight Hormone, And so if you're under a lot of stress, uh, and sometimes that stress comes just because you've had an erectile problem and now you're stressed about that, so then you have this fight or flight situation going on and your body redirects all of its energies and all of its materials towards uh, just whatever it takes to run, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, to your muscles to yeah. get them going um, or, or to fight, and it takes away, like if you had to go to the bathroom, uh, you know, that desire will go away. Uh, certainly if you had a sexual desire, that's going to go away if these hormones are elevated. So uh, we'll check for that. And that definitely, if that's a problem, we're going to work really hard on getting that balanced. Sometimes that balances out automatically once we deal with the testosterone and estrogen. Estrogen uh, elevated seems to stimulate that problem more. Um, mm-hmm. But you'll find with low adrenals also, you'll, you'll get a very similar problem. And that usually is a result of chronic and, and uh, long-term stress. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I had a patient uh, in his late 50s, and, and a few weeks after he started, he said he, he just, once he got on these hormones, we had to deal with uh, adrenaline and, and cortisol uh, were two of the big factors, but we got him on testosterone and estrogen, and it it's just really interesting to see after having uh, probably over a decade of erectile dysfunction, he finally told me one day, you know, it's really strange. He said, I'm, I'm waking up with an erection for the first time in time, and to be honest with you, I really can hang a wet towel on it, and it's been a really <laughs> long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for that, you are Jeff.
3: And, and part of the point with that is we started with testosterone and estrogen, and we couldn't quite get to where we're going. And then later found that there were some things going on um, with his cortisol and his adrenaline. And so once we addressed that, it all just came together.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really an orchestral effect. So. Um, What would you say, Jeff, is the typical age range of men who come into you with low sexual desire?
3: Um, You know, I I see, gosh, I I see it ranging anywhere from 22 to 90. But uh, specifically, (laughs) I probably see the most amount uh, between 35 and 55. That's probably the Mm -hmm. most common age.
1: Yeah. And I would imagine that's because testosterone levels are starting to decline and DHEA is declining. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, I've run into this phenomena that's been really surprising me and that is men in their 20s coming in like Julie's husband. You know, and that really, really surprises me. Are you seeing more men coming in also in their younger years, their 20s, their 30s?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's almost shocking, almost disturbing, because it's like, yeah. why in the world is that happening? And it seems like, uh, you know, every, every year that goes by, more and more of that seems to be happening.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Jeff, you again, have helped so many of my clients. And I really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge and your expertise. Um, And I just want to encourage people that are local um, to definitely... If you're having some sexual issues that you're wondering if they're hormonal, definitely get tested, and I would highly recommend that you go to Jeff Pollack. He's amazing. He knows what he's doing, and he's been one person that has really made a difference in helping my clients. So, listeners, to learn more about Jeff, you can visit his website at www.genesisinstitute.com institute.com again that's www.genesisinstitute.com and that is spelled g-e-n-e-s-y-s-i-n-s-t-i-t-u-t-e and if you didn't get to write this down and you are wanting to get hold of jeff you can contact me on Facebook or on my website. Um, And um, Jeff is at, again, Genesis Medical Institute that is located at 7525 Union Park Avenue, and that's in Midvale, Utah. And Jeff, I hope it's okay. I'm giving out your phone number. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And that is 801- 671-7456. 671-7456. Again, um, if you're wondering if you have a sexual problem, whether you're a man or a woman, Jeff is just reliably helpful. So, Jeff, thank you again. Thank you for the work you've done for me and my clients, and thank you for being on this show.
3: You're welcome, and thank you for having me on your show.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this is a good time for a break. Um, So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to resume talking with Julie and finding out more about what it was like for her to be married to someone who's in love with her and she's in love with him but he's struggling with low sexual desire and we are going to talk about more of the factors that were impacting his sexual desire so uh, we'll be right back don't go away
0: Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Garino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety.
4: Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1 472 5788. That's 1866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Making Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host Colette Milan and today we're talking about male low sexual desire and I'm interviewing Julie who has been married 11 years to a man that she loves and he loves her and but they struggle because he struggles with low sexual desire and Julie you have a very healthy (laughs) sexual desire. So Julie One thing that you talked about is you said that it's really painful, it's been painful to you when you've heard your girlfriends talk about sex. And you said that they roll their eyes when they say that their husbands are always wanting sex and always begging for sex uh, and that they're okay to just make their man wait. And what did you think and feel when you heard your girlfriends talk like this?
2: You know, um, you know, you're having a girls' night and you you want to feel like you can relate with each other because that's what mm-hmm. a girls' night is for. And um, when, they, when that subject would come up, I often would start to feel like a little bit of anxiety and stress and like I just don't understand that feeling. And I would just love to be able to deny my husband and be like, no, <laughs> no more. <laughs> like not tonight. I just want to sleep. I just have never experienced that and um, so I often would just kind of laugh along with them and just I wouldn't really say much because I didn't you know I didn't feel comfortable confiding in them because I truly felt alone I felt like I was the only one experiencing this and I didn't want them to judge my husband because I love my husband and I know he loves me but mm-hmm. I just felt like you know there's you know I don't know we're just I guess this is just our trial in life and You know, I I would love to be able to know what that is like, and I have yet to experience that still, but Mm -hmm. um, we're getting better, and it's getting closer, so.
1: Yeah, like you said, you know, it's better. It's a lot better than how it was, but it's still Mm -hmm. not quite there where you hope it can be, and so... In this part of the show, we are going to talk about a few more things that can be contributing to his decrease in sexual desire. And um, so you said that you tried to do some things to, you know, um, to help you guys, you know, so that you could, you know, he'd want to have sex more often. And you said that you tried scheduling sex. How did that turn out? Um, that
2: would oftentimes turn out to where he would be way too tired or stressed. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to where I, he would fall asleep and I would be laying awake being so angry and resentful and frustrated at him. And then we would argue and then it would turn into way bigger than it needed to be. But I would, you know, I to me, I felt like I don't care how tired I am. Or like, what I'm feeling like I just want to do that with you and feel connected. Yeah. So it was really frustrating. I felt like he couldn't put that aside. Of you know, I don't. So what? You're tired. Like this. This is going to be great, and you know, it doesn't have to last long. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you know, Julie, it's rare to find you know, women that are like you, you know, that are really open to having sex. I work with women that are kind of the opposite, you know, so it's kind of a tragedy when you're a woman that loves sex and you're open to having a great love life. I mean, you guys could really be celebrating, you know, so this is really a tough challenge. So... I want to look at like I said some of the other factors that might be contributing to his decrease in sexual desire. And I want to do that because listeners, I know there's listeners that can relate to what you're going through. And I want them to know some of the other factors that might be decreasing sexual desire in men. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. one of the things that you said is that your husband had a, has had had and has A very stressful job he does a lot of traveling and uh, and also that your husband is just a really good person and very very conscientious I think you mentioned to me that as he was growing up his dad was very critical of him in fact he was some somewhat abusive and that it was like your husband could never really please him he was never really enough and so I imagine your husband was really driven to prove his self-worth and so probably trying to prove that financially and having a great career and so um, he was probably stressed out just by the fact that he was so conscientious, but also his job was very stressful. Um, Is there anything you want to tell me about that? Um,
2: Yeah, I just... You know, he has always been, you know, one to um, have a drive. He was one of the very few out of the 10 children that his family, his parents had together um, that went to college and is doing really well with his Mm -hmm. job and business and providing. Um, We didn't, neither of us had financial help from either of our parents. And so, you know, really he you know, saved up everything to, you know, propose to me, paid for a majority of our wedding ourselves, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, has just done his best to be successful that way, and, you know, really just wanted to feel accepted from his dad um, in that way. Um, mm-hmm. his, his mom has been very supportive and proud of him, but, you know, it always felt like she could never help him financially that way, Because Mm -hmm. um, her husband was very controlling and abusive towards Mm -hmm. her as well. So Mm -hmm. it was really stressful for him to see how his mom was being treated. Um, You know, and Mm. I think that contributed to us waiting for so long to get
1: married, too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when a man is trying, you know, so responsible and so caring and conscientious, a lot of times, that kind of man will sacrifice himself and put off his own feelings. And a lot of times, you know, when you're doing that, you turn off your feelings and your sexuality so that you can perform, so that you can accomplish. And I'm wondering if that is maybe part of what happened. And also, you know, if, like Jeff said, you know, stress is a real killer of sex drive. And when a person is stressed, that person's cortisol increases to meet the demands of the stressor. And cortisol reduces DHEA, which provides the building blocks for the other sex hormones such as testosterone. So when a man is low in DHEA, the effect is a reduction in testosterone which then reduces sexual desire. So stress can really cause havoc with sexual desire in both men and women. And then I, I think you mentioned that your husband actually struggles also with anxiety and depression. Is that right?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because of his stressful job, honestly. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe there's other factors, but you know, he did have a hard childhood. I don't know how he's so normal. Yeah you know otherwise other than the the sexual issue but he really is just an amazing mm. person so yeah,
1: yeah i can feel that and <laughs> and so just being having anxiety or depression can reduce sexual desire and then is he on medications for yes, depression medication. or anxiety
2: he's on what, two medications mm-hmm. for, that. for that what medications he is taking lexapro and Ativan, which he doesn't take every day, just kind of when it's really, um, when he starts to have that anxiety attack.
1: Yes, that, that's good. So I want to mention a little bit about Lexapro and, and Ativan. With Lexapro, the common side effect is decreased libido. And it also affects a man being able to get an erection, and to be able to maintain an erection, and also men taking, especially SSRI antidepressants like Lexapro. Uh, also, they a lot of times will experience delayed or blocked orgasms. And then Ativan, which I was kind—I've of, been kind of surprised to hear about, which is an anti-anxiety medication, it's been found to cause impotence or reactile problems and also orgasm problems and changes in sex drive. So, um, that's another contributor is that low, I mean, the the antidepressants. Also, you mentioned that your husband has sleep apnea, uh, which really reduces his ability to sleep. And one of the things that we found out is that sleep apnea results in not being able to get enough sleep, which decreases testosterone. A a lack of sleep can elevate cortisol levels, which, again, reduces DHEA and decreases testosterone. And there's a University of Chicago study that revealed that men who sleep for fewer than five hours a night for periods of more than a week actually end up reducing their testosterone levels down to that of someone 15 years older. So wow. that... And another little interesting tidbit is some sometimes men with restless leg syndrome also uh, are at higher risk for erectile dysfunction. So um, yeah. there are just a lot of things um, that can contribute. Um, So another thing is that, you know, he is on a PAP machine, CPAP machine, like uh, you mentioned to me. And so sometimes he doesn't want to, you know, those are noisy. He doesn't want to keep you awake. So sometimes he'll sleep in another room, which is sweet of him and considerate. But there's another little tragedy that goes with that, which is when you don't get to sleep together, you're not touching each other at night. And when a couple does sleep together, especially if you're sleeping together naked and holding each other, oxytocin um, is stimulated, which is a chemical that bonds you to the person that you're touching. So it's like when you get to hold each other at night, especially naked, it's like you're chargi- charging charging your battery, you know, your love battery. It's like charging your cell phone at night. So, and there's, there's other things. I know we don't have much time here, but, um, I just remember you saying, you know, that you guys have been very religious, and that can certainly impact sexual desire. I think he's had some problems with um, body image, Um, and I'd like to go more into that. I think he's also had some traumatic experiences where he witnessed some um, really negative sexual experiences that I think traumatized him. I'd really like to go more into that, but it looks like We have to end, which... I had so much more that we were going to, to work on but this has just been so helpful Jamie thank you so much for coming on and being so real and sharing and listeners if you are having this problem make sure that you do something about it don't just wait around for it to change especially go and um, have the person that has lower sexual desire have your hormones tested because if you have a hormone problem you you know this problem won't go away. So, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really, thank you. I really appreciate it. So we've got to end, but in closing today, I need to let you know, as listeners, that this is going to be my last show for a little while with Voice America. I've decided to take a break so that I can finish the book I'm writing called I'm Not Turned On, Secrets for Increasing Sexual Desire in Women. Uh, Until I return, you can keep following me on YouTube. Um, I will be having a show on YouTube, and it's under the name Colette Milan, Sex and Relationship Therapist. So continue to follow me because I will be having consistent shows on YouTube about uh, marriage, love, and sexuality. Also, you can follow me on Facebook and be sure to visit our website at www.sextherapyutah.com where you can listen to any of our shows at your convenience and on our website you can also find out more about me and my husband, Dr. Mark Malin and the work that we do to help couples have a better love life. Again, our website is www.sextherapyutah.com. And once again, be sure to visit me and follow me on Facebook and, your, and, and YouTube under my name, Colette Milan, Sex and Relationship Therapist. Till we meet again, have a great weekend and remember, making love really does make more love in your relationship and real love is essential to great sex.
4: Thank you so much for listening today Be sure to join your host Colette Milan for another edition of Making Love next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great weekend and remember these two things Lovemaking really will make more love in your relationship and real love is essential to good sex